right now. Courtney, we have another guest. Oh, Matt, we're back. We are back. <laughs> Our guest right now is Bryant Best. He is a program associate at the Council of Chief State School Officers. Welcome, Brian. Welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Courtney, for inviting me on. Absolutely. So I am 100% curious yep. about um, what you do yep. and how, um, how you came to be there and kind of like how the CCSO is fostering personalized learning because I'm sure you get it right like yeah. people think of a big bureaucratic ish organization right and it's like well how are they how's that actually happening like what does it actually look like and so um, yeah. we're really excited to have you yeah absolutely so go yeah so I want to start with uh, the question of how did I get into this space yeah so prior to working at CCSSO I worked at a charter school public charter in Washington DC okay um, this charter school had a lot of uh, traditionally underserved students, so students of color, yeah. students from low-income families, etc. Um, but academically, they were achieving at some of the rates at some of our more affluent uh, schools in the district, which was great work, right? Right. Um, but working as a, um, a data analyst for this, uh, this charter, I noticed that a lot of teachers and a lot of school leaders, like principals, uh, assistant principals were overworked, like working 10, 12, 13 hour days. Yep. Um, and that was having a really big impact on, um, you know, their well-being, right? Absolutely. Um, and the work is important, but it's also important to find policies and structures to be able to better support, um, you know, our teachers and our school leaders so that they can effectively do this work. And right. so that's what yeah. drove me to want to get involved in policy from the beginning. Um, and then when I... Uh, found CCSSO, I noticed that um, they were really having this heavy push on equity, mm -hmm. um, which is something that's always near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. So um, I've plugged in uh, January 2016, and I've just been going ever since. So equity has been kind of um, at the forefront, and it's um, of the talk about mm -hmm. uh, personalized learning, and it's actually one of the themes of INACAL this year. Um, so. I know that you have a story you'd like to share with us about um, equity and that this is particularly important to you. So tell us about um, your thoughts on, on equity and personalized learning. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is, for me, a story about equity and access and why personalized learning is so important. Um, when I was in middle school, I was in the academically, intellectually gifted classes. We had about 20 students, virtually all of them students of color. Um, coming from you know the same kind of community, lower end in terms of economic status, um, we were all passionate about learning. Um, unfortunately, by the time that group of 20 kids got to high school, there were only two remaining mm. who were in the kind of gifted classes, and I think mm. we may have been maybe like four or five to go on to college. Right. Right. And one student in particular, um, the reason why he didn't advance with the rest of us is because he got sick mm. like in the beginning of his like ninth grade year oh yeah 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 um and he got really sick he had to go to the hospital um and he was a smart smart kid like right. when i tell you he was coding by him he taught himself how to code yeah. as an eighth grader um and he would show us all of these fantastic programs that he had created himself phenomenal absolutely intelligent guy but when he got sick he did his best to keep up with his coursework and he continued to make A's in the coursework, but because he didn't have that in-seat time, time, yeah, he failed, right? And so 
I always look back on that thing and I'm like, man, like that guy it's so unfortunate that that happened and, and I'm sure there were other stories like that well, maybe because that was my best friend yeah. right so I'm sure there were other stories like and that's part of the reason other folks dropped off too similar situations but my point is personalized learning and competency-based education in particular yeah. the opportunity to take uh, learning outside of those classroom walls right. and get away from some of those seat time based requirements I think that's key to making sure that we have certain flexible situations where students can continue their education um so that's that's my story that's what i would like to share and um, that's why i'm such a fan of of personalized learning yeah i find that it's when people have those really personal experiences with with the downside of the current system and then see how the new paradigm can really just take care of all of those problems. It's, it's, that's how we get the passionate people who are here at Inacal who are like, let's make this happen. Yeah. Awesome. Right on. Yeah. So what is your role with them now? What are you on a daily, like you're probably the kind of person like there is no typical day, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Um, so I'm a program associate for the Innovation Lab Network mm-hmm. at CCSSO. Yep. The Innovation Lab Network is a select group of states whose chiefs or the public uh, elected or appointed right, officials. Right, right, it depends state to state. Yeah, yeah uh, the chiefs are responsible for heading uh, elementary and secondary education in their state. Mm-hmm. So we work with those chiefs who have committed to personalized learning, competency-based education, focusing on the student, all of those things um, in order to advance whatever uh, goals they have related to equity or accountability or a number of different um, topics that they're working on. Um, and I am leading a peer learning community on equity, right? So how can we um, partner with uh, local communities to better um, provide wraparound services to students? How can we make personalized learning a truly equitable practice in the classroom and through policy? Right. So those are, top, those are some of the topics that we tackle um, in the Innovation Lab Network. And so what kind of ideas have been bubbling up? Like what are you really excited about that talking to people about. So I would say one of the things that really excites me about personalized learning um, as a student who grew up in a classroom that was that in was no not. way shape yeah. <laughs> personalized um, is that there's the opportunity to expose students to different um, career and um, adult pathways that they may not have been exposed to otherwise. Um, I was an international baccalaureate student in high school um, at like a 4.4 GPA. Everybody thought I was going to college. I almost, funny story, I almost didn't go to college yeah. because no one in my community uh, um, kind of uh, promoted that for right. me. I think in retrospect, my mom assumed that because I was getting good grades that my counselors were encouraging me uh, and my counselors were thinking the opposite of my, you know, they were thinking my mom They were was like, oh, they've got it. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Everyone thought someone had it, but no one did. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Wow. Um, so on a whim, I applied to just one college, right? UNC Chapel Hill. I got in, fortunately got a scholarship so that I could actually afford it. Yeah. Um, and then it was then that I realized like how important um, college education was, at least for me. Yeah. Um, and it was important because I first began taking um, African-American history courses. And I first began to learn about myself and see myself reflected in the curriculum. And that's what really ignited my passion. I was always good at it, 
but I was kind of like, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, gaming the system, just oh, yeah. going along because... That's the best word for it, <laughs> Yeah, actually. that's exactly. Right, but I had no intrinsic motivation other than, well, this is kind of what I've always done. Right, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but I love personalized learning because throughout our states, we're getting opportunities to personalize the educational experience, tailor it to what these students' strengths are, what their interests are, and what their community roots are. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I'm really, really excited about, personalized learning. I feel like that's like a message that's new in the personalized learning yes. environment. And like, you know, the, the focus on equity, but just that it's, it isn't even just about like socio, um, uh, social emotional learning it's not just about content but like that the personal history piece too is really important um and i think that that's beautiful that it's it's we've we've broadened our understanding and our awareness to say like this needs to happen too absolutely so is this something that you go out and visit with schools or districts or or bigger pieces is that is a part of what you do in in your role you actually go out and travel with them yeah absolutely so we're actually planning our convening right now we'll be um, convening november 1st through the 3rd in cleveland ohio and we'll have all of our states gathered for our annual convening about 14 15 states will be in attendance and we'll be visiting some schools in the state of ohio um, and that visit will be hosted by the ohio uh, superintendent of education Um, And just getting a better opportunity to look at some of the work that's being done there and how we can um, scale that back up and scale that across the country um, through a different states. So yeah, so a lot of our work is um, like webinars, a lot of our work is hopping on the phones with states to see what's new in in their schools and districts and how can we make it better, how can we scale it up. And then once or twice a year we'll convene in in one of our member states and take an in-depth expansive look at what's going on and how we can scale that work. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. We're going to talk about our, our do-dos, but um, in, in talking ahead of time, you were one of our one of our favorite kinds of guests who were like, we absolutely want to talk about this. Um, so I know that you want to talk about and kind of put on the table some don't-dos. Right, right, right. Yeah. So let's do that. So one of the biggest don't do's for personalized learning is I would say do not over rely on technology. Like technology is meant to be a tool, it's meant to be a resource, but it's not meant to be the end all be all. And I think that we have to be super clear as advocates who see the value of personalized learning because there are outsiders, people who are unfamiliar with the work, um, who could see this as just some major push by you know, whoever, whoever, right? (laughs) Right. And they're like, oh, we don't want that in our community. And no, that's not actually what it's about. Like, we want to work with you. But we have to be super clear on what personalized learning is. It's not just um, uh, removing the relationship between Mm. teacher and student. It's actually expanding it. It's making it better. It's making it more improved, more seamless. And we have to be clear about all of our touch points about how personalized learning is really an opportunity for schools and districts to partner with parents and partner with educators to create a better and partner with students, right? Yes. Uh, to, yeah. to create a, a more personalized student experience. Yeah. Agreed. I, I love that we're also talking about how personalizing learning enhances the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're right, there is this huge, we talk about it all the time, you know, you say personalized learning and people picture a kid with headphones on staring at a computer screen and we're like, no, that is not it. Yeah. So um, on the flip side, what are your duties for personalized learning? Um, 
so I, I kind of mentioned this uh, uh, yeah. in my previous response, but it's partnerships, partnerships, partnerships. Awesome. At CCSSO, um, we recognize that states have a, a critical opportunity to engage um, districts and schools yeah. um, through the new education law ESSA, or the Every Student Succeeds Act, right? right. And so what we did was we published um, a, an engagement resource that states can use to say, uh, here's how we're engaging folks at the local level to make sure that our, our ESSA plan um, has taken into account all of the different voices and different you know, uh, spaces in the education landscape. Um, similarly, we, we help our state education agencies in the Innovation Lab Network to create those same kind of partnerships at the local level with the districts, with the schools. So partnerships is very key uh, to effective implementation. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us, Brian. It's this been absolutely fascinating. Wonderful. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Good.